Our minds are so powerful that what we focus on reverberates through every aspect of our lives. So why not see what happens when we put our attention on all the good things people are doing? Join me for the good with Teresa G as we start a ripple effect by focusing on all the greatness in the world. Today, I am excited to have R. Wall and Maggie Dewar with us, the co-founders of Mural Mice Universal, a growing collective of artists doing both public and private community murals. Their passion is to create meaningful public art for the sake of community. Their murals serve to beautify public space, provide educational resources, and engage people in enjoyable, therapeutic, creative process. Their goal is to cultivate a sense of identity and place through art. Welcome, you two. It's so great to have you guys here. Week. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be here, too. Let's start off with um, how did you guys, how did this vision of mural mice begin? Well, um, we began in 2005, and I was just traveling through Prescott uh, on my way on a cross-country adventure, and I ran into R, who was just beginning the um, brainchild of the Mural Mice and um, a community mural project that would uh, encompass the whole community. And so I jumped on the crew as a mouse and donned my ears and tail and um, we were soon engaged in uh, involving the community as, in as many interesting activities and fun activities that we could to create murals. Yeah, it was, um, I had lived in Prescott for 10 years leading up to this and uh, worked with a lot of nonprofit groups and uh, kind of played a role as a backup figure, just kind of help people with their arts, their art posters, website, photography, uh, crafts and such. Um, I was with a number of different groups back in the day in Prescott. And um, one of the things I had noticed was that in the 10 years I lived there, nobody had really been placing murals. Any art, the walls hadn't changed that much and it didn't look like they were going to change unless well, I guess I had to do something about it. So I uh, came up with the idea of doing this, uh, placing what originally was five murals in five years. It was a short-term goal. I uh, wasn't trying to overdo it. I didn't know whether it would work out for me, if it was something I wanted to continue. Um, but I uh, set a goal of five murals in five years, and they would be five murals that specifically spoke to uh uh, things that nobody had spoken about uh, very much. Uh, culture, um, the history of the town, um, marginalized subject, uh, humanitarian issues, things that were just like, you know, if you look in Prescott and you see on the square, there's a very specific thing that they're trying to say to people that come from out of town. And it was more in line with, you know, Bucky O'Neill and some war monuments and such like that. So I thought we could do better than that. And so that was the plan, was to place five murals that would speak to the community specifically. And that overall, the, the, the most important part was that rather than doing it for people or the community, I would get them to do it for themselves. And so we wanted to uh, meet when I met Maggie, we started playing with ideas for what we wanted to, how we wanted to, address these matters, um, get people excited. And during that period, um, 
well, we, we, we had started our first mural in Prescott in 2005. It was called Art for All. And uh, because the arts were highly underfunded and still are highly underfunded, we, um, we set to task telling the history of the arts. We thought that would bring up a, a more awareness about what the, the contributions art make to our community and the importance of them. So in the process of doing that and raising the money and painting that mural, uh, we would scamper around on the, uh, the scaffoldings late at night because it's Arizona and it's hot in the day. We paint at night a lot of times. And uh, people were saying that we looked a whole lot like mice scampering around in the, in the lights and uh, kind of got dubbed the mural mice. And so that's how the name came about. And the project, uh, once we had been dubbed the mural mice, um, it was a matter of making everybody a mural mouse and bringing everybody into it. Got very exciting, and uh, we started it, we started bringing schools into the process, the historians into the process, um, the local uh, to dos in town started to see how great it was for everybody. Um, but one of the things I was the proudest of at the time was that we had created a uh, an artocracy, the act of uh, electing our public art, because we knew that there was a sort of unfriendly art, uh, unfriendly council in City Hall that was not that in favor of the arts, uh, we would give everybody a chance to vote on our designs and then give City Council a chance to vote on the designs as well with no veto power, just the ability to vote. And so uh, they were very enticed by that um, pr procedure and they uh, saw that there was a major amount of support coming from the community and we began squeaking up for public art. And uh, city council got involved in it and everybody seemed to get involved into it. Um, thousands of people, as a matter of fact, helped us make five murals in the downtown area. And um, we, were, we completed our project in 2010, celebrated it in 2011. And then uh, we moved on to, uh, well, we moved on up to Flagstaff. And we've been there for five years painting murals. So I, I'm wondering what started this uh, passion of yours um, a, w w with murals. So would, the town that you grew up in, did, was there a lot of murals? Did you do graffiti? Like where was there, where did this stem from? I really, it just stemmed from, you know, I had always been making uh, positive, what I consider to be positive uh, illustrations of potential for humanity and for good things to happen in society and, um, I took place in a smaller mural project down by Granite Creek in 2001. And uh, I saw that there was a certain amount of light, like a radiating hue of, of light that came off of everybody that was involved in it. We uh, were working with at-risk children from uh, Mile High School. And I saw that they were, they were on fire. They, they were lit up with the ability because they had a place and a part to play in our community through making art together. So I did not have a background of painting murals or live in a town that had a lot of murals. Um, in fact, it really never really occurred to me until I was helping out on the Granite Creek project and I, and a hundred children, hundred people in the community supported and helped that project happen. And uh, at that point I knew there was something more than just a picture on the wall. This was something that had the ability to, to really brighten up the community and give it a sense of place, sense of pride, a sense of ownership. And so 
it was kind of a no brainer. It was kind of like to say that, to see that people were really turned on by the art. And uh, since, you know, I, I didn't know what any of this was going to look like. Um, it was kind of like, it was just an open book and I let the community guide it. And we were just sort of the tools of the community to make their vision come true. Well, I have to say, I when I moved to Prescott, I sure loved all the art everywhere because I came from a place that didn't have many murals. And so I just was like really um, captured by the murals because it seemed like every mural was so vibrant and had such a story behind it. Um, so how do you, why, how do, how do murals increase the sense of community? Do you think? Well, I think that, um, you know, the, 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 I guess you begin with, um, a wall, you know, you've got a wall and you say, okay, we're going to do, we're going to put something on this, but you can, as an artist, you could just take a wall and put up a piece of art. But, um, we found that, especially in Prescott, when we were like murals were sort of um, a taboo, you know, hadn't been done. So we were kind of like breaking down the door a little bit and beginning this whole idea that you could paint on the walls. And so we wanted to be um, sensitive about it. And so and very, very early on in the process, you know, Prescott's kind of a magical little town and. Um, there's lots of different characters there. We ran into someone who had said, that's a great idea. Just ask permission and be respectful. And so we took that deeply to heart and decided that the best way to go about these projects was to involve people. And so we simply started asking, you know, okay, we've got this wall. Um, our theme is the first mural was about art. So we wanted to ask people what should be on a mural about arts and all these different things started coming in and um, surprising ideas. You know, people really um, spoke to the things that were happening around them, the things that they had been a part of. But then as we talked to older members of the community, they started talking about the history and the things that, um, you know, they remembered from, Prescott in the past. And that was a really important element um, to the overall identity of the town. So we started just kind of weaving these concepts together and we wanted to bring like sort of the new generation of Prescott that was really starting to change the um, demographic of the community and the old like stronghold, the people who've been there forever. And we wanted to bring them together and have a mural that kind of represented everyone. And a conversation. Yeah, we wanted to build a conversation. And it was really interesting that um, the, you know, the two sides don't really speak a whole lot. You know, there's sort of an old um, guard of Prescott and then there's these new younger people or, you know, even um, sort of retired people from other towns and other parts of the country that are moving there that didn't really have an understanding of the town. So um, as we started bringing all these different kinds of people into the play, into the picture and bringing them to the wall and showing them what we were working on. And uh, it started building community on its own. And we were sort of just in the center of this like sort of vortex of people sort of rotating around the project. And of course they would meet there and there would be painting days and people would be introduced to each other and you'd start seeing that there was connections happening and, um, and people starting to learn that they don't need to be afraid of each other. We felt um, Prescott, to me, um, not being from Prescott, I immediately felt a sense of fear from people 
being younger, not being from there, obviously being a hippie or being <laughs> so from somewhere else, um, I felt that people were afraid of me. So um, sort of breaking down these fears and um, letting people just be themselves and um, come together on the mural, it built its, the community built itself really. And one of the, one of the really great things about developing the mural mice and the murals is the creation of the ears on our hats. Uh, we told everybody, they, they come along and say, hey, can I, how do I get a hat? And we say, well, just got to volunteer, give a hand and earn your hat, earn your tail. And um, it became a really neat thing because everybody wanted a tail, or wanted a, a set of ears in town. And uh, this took away a lot of the fear factor. <laughs> now we look silly. <laughs> Once you look silly and you said, sort of make fun of yourself, you see other people disarmed and they realize, well, what can these guys, you know, these guys are interesting folks, you know. And, and just um, just to give my listeners a little background, we're talking about Prescott, Arizona. And Prescott is a very interesting town because um, there is Prescott College there. And Prescott College has a lot of um, diverse students and a lot of what we, what, what, what would you guys say? More of the arts. Yeah, it's liberal yeah. liberal arts. And so, but then there's the mix. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, Prescott has one of the largest VA hospitals. And so because of that, uh, Prescott has a lot, a large population of homeless people. Um, because you also, have, you also have the, you also have Emory Riddle, which is a drone training base, CIA training base. It's a very conservative training, pilot training school. And so that is an interesting twist in the mix. And then you have a lot of retired vet veterans that are are not uh, homeless. So um, who else? Who else are we missing? It's just like such a. Well, I, I think it, yeah. There's a. It has one of the largest bases of um, like Repu women's Republican groups there, um, and a lot of it's very conservative. Like I would say, overall, the politics of Prescott is very conservative. Um, there's also, I mean, there's every, you know, a mix of like extreme, uh, there's, there's, extreme there's, religious groups. Oh, there's, a, there's an extreme <laughs> religious group, senior citizens, senior clubs, social clubs. Um, lots, of, lots of the senior clubs, because I remember when I was looking for a place to live there, there was like, um, they would only, you know, you had to be like 55 or up in a, a bunch of the places. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> There's a, the, there's a group called the Red Hats, and their, um, their only mission in life is to have fun. And if it's not fun, they're not going to do it. So they, they meet for luncheons with their red hats on, and they talk their talk and do their thing. But it's, um, it's just like all these little clubs. I mean, we just became one more club of, uh, you know, folks that were doing something with the arts. We were at, proactive in the community. And... Um, and it hit on it for us. It hit on the demographic of both young and old. It was something everyone could get involved in and feel great. Um, so it was. It was. There was no secret society. That's for sure. It was like everything was done at the murals. You know where the where the action was. So yes, interesting town. Yeah. So it's a really diverse town, and so. When they're saying that they were bringing, when you guys are talking about bringing together the young and old and all the diverse groups, that's a really powerful thing. And I'm, I, of course, 
you can find all these different groups in, uh, you know, towns all over the world. But there it just seems to be a bit more pronounced than other places that I've lived and visited. And I so, so when they're saying that when you guys are talking about bringing all these people together, it just is. It's so inspirational because you're bringing a community that usually hangs out in like their own little cliques. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. definitely. Sure. You, you know, when I got to the town, I got in the town uh, about 90, 1994, and um, there was 20,000 people. In the town, and it was very small. Uh, senior, most a lot of seniors and a few college kids, and um, it was like the, it was such a sleepy little town. And about 1994-95, all of a sudden there was a a boom in in um, seniors coming to the town. Uh, it became a, a really it was listed as one of the greatest uh, small towns in the country for art for retirement and uh, and it doubled in size by the time we started the mural project. So um, suddenly you had 40,000 people. And then the way they did that was to tell everybody in the country and everywhere in the world that it was this town was called everyone's hometown. And that was the phrase they used. So now you had a lot of influx of sort of people from other states and other, other towns all moving into Prescott at the same time. And you didn't really know how to put your finger on what Prescott was anymore. It, it kind of was easy to describe once, but now it'd become a, a, a mixed bag of nuts, basically. And, uh, and that, was, that was why I believe our mural project, which was called the Prescott Downtown Mural Project at the time, was uh, successful because the idea was, let's figure out who we are. And then let's make murals and tell everyone else who we are. And, tell, and then this is what makes up our town. It sort of orients people to where they are when they got there. Yeah, because how important do you guys think this that the sense of identity and knowing your place is to community and its people? Um, I think it's important. I think that, uh, you know, there's, especially when a town, a town starts to really change, because I think that Prescott was on this, um, they were starting to, climb this mountain and they were about to be a totally different town um, just because there was such a huge um, population gain. And then, you know, everyone was from somewhere else. So there wasn't, um, so people were bringing their culture with them um, and transplanting it there. And so, you know, Prescott was having this kind of crisis. Of, identity crisis. Yeah, they were having an identity crisis of, oh my gosh, so now it's all, now Prescott's becoming California. And now Prescott's, um, you know, it's changing so much. And I think that, um, that when you can kind of help people hone into like, the things that people find important. So asking the elders of the community, like, what is our history? What, who are these significant people that kind of stand out and why are they so important? Um, why are the, you know, you find out why the streets are named what they're named. And um, I think that helps to kind of create that sense of place and uh, remembrance of like how the town was started and why it is the way it is. And then um, as this new generation was sort of growing up and um, wanting to have a voice and have a, a position in the community, it was really important to um, engage them and allow them to have that space to say, hey, we're, we're young, we're, we want to be part of things, we want to um, show off, you know, like we've got talent, we've got um, energy. So I think that, I think it's really key to 
maybe not necessarily putting your finger exactly on what the identity is, but kind of allowing that conversation of like, hey, we're this, we're also this, you know, we're so many different things and we all live together. And that's what is what makes the town so fun and interesting. So I think it it is important. One one thing that when you're working with um, civic art, public art and whatnot, you have you also have a sort of projected impression of what your town is to the tourism bureau and what they see it as. So they go out with their cameras and they write their articles and they describe it as a town that, you know, obviously is going to be perfect in every single way and golf courses and, and um, weather's always perfect. And so they'll put, <laughs> put up bulletin boards and billboards all over. We're the rodeo town, things like that. The Christmas city was a big one. So, um, everybody's hometown, all these tags of like sort of the tourist branding, but you know, that's kind of, it's sort of true, you know, but I think that there's more, there's much a deeper picture. So we were trying to dig into that. Yeah. And so with with murals, it's a little different than billboards or advertisement because what we were able to do is take and ask people to put their hand in their pocket and come out with a list of their values and you saw after you got people to really think about whether the fa- what are their values, you know, peace, family, community, um, you start to realize that regardless of what color you think you are, you see yourself as, what group you see yourself as, we all have similar and common values. So we, be, we, be, we can put up a billboard of the values of, your, of our town. And then when people come and visit, they see who we are, or at least see we have a reflection of who we are. And... Um, we often say the, that the murals are the visible uh, reflection of the soul of the community. So as soon as you get there, you see a few murals, you start to say, hmm, this is interesting. This, there's some stories here. There's some people with good values here. I think I'll live here, you know? So um, I love that. A visual collection of the souls of the community. Yeah. yeah and so, uh, so it's sort of, it's a little different than advertising because, uh, Really, you're subjected to advertising, and in this case, you're 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 promoting yourself, the community, and all you are to the world. So, um, it's a lot more proactive than reactive. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So, but you guys have actually done mur- murals all over Arizona, haven't you? Now we have. Yeah, when we when we left Prescott, we ended up sort of on a a mission to find our new home. And um, so we, we came down to Phoenix, which, you know, obviously has millions of blank walls and um, opportunities. So we did get a job down here and uh, we worked in Mesa for a summer. And then we um, found out about a, a project in Flagstaff that the city of Flagstaff was funding. Um, they wanted to have a mural about Route 66, which is sort of one of their historic identity um, you know, monuments running through the community. So uh, we ended up getting the job. We won the bid. So we headed up to Flagstaff and that became kind of a, a, a new home base for us because we, um, we kind of fit in up there. There's a lot more arts happening. There's some money for art. There's um, a diverse community. And from there, we've been sort of branching out a little bit. We did a project in Tuba City on the Navajo Reservation. And also now we're working in Peoria, which is part of Phoenix, um, but a very different part of the town from Mesa. So we've been moving around. We It's kind of exciting now to have like walls all over the place and sort of be able to experience these towns 
for a minute and see what they're all like. So hopefully we'll get to keep doing that. <laughs> I hope so too, because I really love your murals. So you guys have, t- you have talked about oh, this a little bit, but can you tell me a little or tell us all a little bit more about once you have commissioned, you've been commissioned for a mural, what, how does that process begin? Uh, well, I guess it depends on what is needed, you know? So um, sometimes we're asked to do um, our own work and they say, design something for this wall. So we've done a few projects like that, but when they say they want a community mural, then um, we have to begin by uh meeting community and building community. And oftentimes it's not necessarily something that's already organized. So um, if we're lucky enough to be in a place that is a community space, like a library or a park or a community center of some kind, then um, it's just a matter of starting to meet people. So um, one of our most recent projects we did last summer was in a park in, in Flagstaff and Um, we decided, okay, we're in this big park and we're going to do a mural on this wall, but how are we going to get to know everyone? Because we just, you know, we were from the other side of the the hill, so we weren't necessarily part of that neighborhood. But um, so what we did was we established a free lemonade stand. (laughs) And so we built a free lemonade stand that we pulled on our bikes and we just went around the park serving lemonade in exchange for a conversation with people about what could possibly be on the mural that we were gonna be painting. And so it was just a way of breaking the ice and sort of being fun and a little bit wild and um, free lemonade, it was June, so it was really hot and it was perfect (laughs) to have ice cold lemonade. And um, it really kind of helped us to meet people and sort of talk up the project and get people thinking like, oh, there's gonna be this fun mural project here. Maybe I'll come and be a part of it. And so through that process, we ended up uh, talking to about 200 people. And then when we had our first um, painting day, which uh, was after this long um, design process and community dialogue process about designs and selection of designs, then 100 people showed up to paint. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And it so it had worked. We had kind of, we'd brought, we had talked to enough people. We had um, gotten people to care about what was happening and um, and then they all came and painted, which of course is the most fun part of the process. Yeah, uh, we that that's a quick analysis of what we do. Uh, but the uh, truth is, you, you do the think tank and you do ask questions, you get your feedback, you survey the community in any way possible, and then you work. We will sit down, we'll take all that information, go back to a studio, and just focus on it. We'll put all of the information all over the walls and the ceilings. We've engulfed ourselves in a nest of feedback. And then so then we lock ourselves in the room and we spend a couple of weeks just like just filtering it through into into what always amounts to about it could, you know, a handful of pictures, which are in, in line drawing form. And then uh, when we then we set up a place where we can hang them up, we put them in public display and people can have a conversation about them. And, and like I said, in the past, we've had, we've had them all, all of our pieces elected by the community. Um, so, yes. And then once you have something, finally, everyone says, this is it. That's the exciting part. We go and we get the wall prepped and we call for a painting day. We bring everybody in to paint it. Um, a lot of times we're also in the process of painting a mural. We're actually still working with historians and trying to get the details perfect. 
um, around Prescott, there's two major murals that are historic history murals that we did. And they have a lot of different stories in them. And um, so, because there's also a very tight uh, community of, of historians, uh, passionate dressed people that would dress up in the Victorian fashions and whatnot, they always have something to say. And uh, so the mural might not even be fully formed until it's on the wall and then it begins to develop on the wall itself. So while you have this mural in, in flux, um, for instance, at the public library in Prescott, it took us two entire summers to paint this very long mural. And it depicted 6,000 years of the history of the written word from stories around fires to cuneiform, going through the printing press and eventually ending in space and data and computer technology. So it like covers a huge amount of information. And, um, and uh, so while we're working on these murals and kids are helping us, it, it's a drop-in painting kind of situation. Anyone can help us out. Um, we realize that there's more kids hanging out than we can keep painting. So we started to uh, develop what became the Mural Mice Theater Company. And we said, well, here we are designing an entire set. Let's make a play. So we, we began, you know, putting people to task, writing scripts and uh, casting calls were done. Next thing you know, you have, you know, 30 people in your theater troupe, puppet makers of all forms. And that mural comes off the wall and literally, and it speaks to the public uh, through the story that's told by the very people that helped to make the mural. So it's, um, that was one of the most proud uh, things that we were able to accomplish in Prescott was building community by giving people a place to play, uh, using the arts to make the make art. And yes, we would then we we would bring in school buses full of kids from the schools and senior citizen clubs and and um, people from the historic um, senior center up on the hill, Pioneer Center, and just bring everybody down and, and perform and show them their history for them and hopefully make the town a better place because of it. So while like down the road, you probably never saw or heard of these theater tactics and activities we did, you've seen the mural. I always say the mural is only the, the tip of the iceberg and all the substance is really built into what, went, what took place while we were making them, which is to me more important than the art itself. Yeah, that is phenomenal. It's like you, you guys are orchestrating a sense, a stronger sense of community in these all you know, all these places all through Arizona. And the interesting thing is, is that a community seems to keep coming up in all of our conversations here on the show, where it seems like that people are really yearning for community. So you're feeling a need that is, uh, that a lot of people are wanting. Maybe not, they're maybe not are able to articulate it. But when you see them light up, like you're talking about, that certainly is a good sign that you, what you guys are doing is pretty phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah. I think that especially people, artists kind of need to have that as a, you know, they need to know other creative people to be, it kind of gives people permission to work on their art. You know, it's sort of a discouraged uh, lifestyle now, you know, there's so many things that you can do that make a lot more money. So I think that nowadays like artists sort of like, um, not necessarily uh, encouraged, really. And so people sort of put their creative sides away and they hide them and they don't 
practice, they don't work on their, their crafts. And then when you create a, a environment for people to come and, ex and express that their creative selves, then it really, it sort of opens people up, you know, they like start blooming like flowers and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're ready to be the star of the show or they're ready to paint, you know, and it's really pretty amazing. And I think, um, I think that's maybe one of the most important things that we were able to do, especially in Prescott was just um, create this outlet. And we found that, you know, that it would save people's lives. Even the people were really, um, you know, they had lacked that uh, place, you know, and that outlet for so long that they had, you know, lost part of themselves. And so when they were able to find that community and um, then they would, you know, remember that they, you know, their kids, that they are young at heart and they, um, you know, heal a lot of people from things that were kind of deeply, you know, bothering them, you know? And so that was kind of a, what we call miracles. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Miracles. Yeah. Yeah. People can have the power within their own hands to heal themselves if they believe in themselves. Absolutely. And, uh, when um, I always tell people when you were a child and you were drawing on the wall with crayons and your mom came in and saw you doing that, she said, stop doing that and slap the crayon out of your hands. And then uh, when you become a teenager, you find a rattle can and you go out and you spray paint your first graffiti piece on a wall and the police come along and they slap it out of your hand and tell you that does not happen here. So like at a certain point, you start to think that walls are some kind of sacred thing that we're all supposed to leave colorless or, you know, without a story in it. And um, so then here comes a group of artists that are painting on the walls in broad daylight with public approval. And they say, how is this possible? You're not supposed to do that. And, they, and, and what we're ultimately doing is we're saying, well, we're giving ourselves permission and we're giving you permission. And so, but we're, we only ask that we're all respectful about that. You know, there's a responsibility that comes with placing art. A shockwave can go out and it can cause chaos or it can cause healing. Mm -hmm. So the first step is to respect the place you live, the people that own the walls, people that are going to see this. Place your art with love and respect for others. And, um, but it is, it seems that permission is all people really need. And um, in order to get permission, there's that responsibility that comes with it. Uh, so with turning, turning people on, you're like sort of giving them a sense of ownership of themselves, their own power. We're giving them their power, which is theirs. And they've always had it and didn't need us to give to them. But it is interesting um, that it makes things a little better if somebody else is doing it first, you know. Can you tell me, I was looking through uh, your website and all the murals, and one that I really would like to hear the story behind is the I Am the Storm mural at Summit High School in Flagstaff. All right. Well, so that one was working with um, the students at Summit High School in Flagstaff. And Summit High School is kind of a special high school because um, there's two main high schools in the community. And kids that are, you know, being thrown out of these other schools are then given their final chance to graduate high school at Summit High School. So it's kind of a smaller school full of a lot of kids that have struggles. And so there's a lot of, um, 
you know, kids that are going to barely make it. And so this school strives to, you know, push them to their, to graduation really, and um, try and keep them in school. So there's a lot of kids that are, um, you know, on their fifth and sixth year of high school because of personal things that have happened. Um, a lot of them were working and living alone, like living outside their homes. Um, and uh, so we were brought in to work with the kids there and um, it was very small classes. And so uh, we had, we started by our process of, you know, introducing murals, um, showing them the wall we were going to paint. We do a slideshow usually of murals from around the world to kind of get them uh, thinking, you know, about possibilities. And then, um, and then we just opened up the conversation. And I think with the high school age kids, it was our first high school project. So it was kind of exciting for us to work with these um, you know, young adults really. And they were, um, they had so much, um, creative energy. There was, they had so many ideas. The dialogue was just going all over the place. And, um, and they really, um, they had a few things that they really wanted to say and that, you know, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of conflict in the world. There's a lot of conflicts in our own lives. And, and, that, oh, at the time that we were creating the mural, there was all these crazy sort of storms happening all over the world. There was hurricanes hitting, um, uh, Florida. Flor well, Florida, uh, and the big one. And, yeah. yeah, there was earthquakes and hurricanes every day in the news and um, tornadoes. And so it was kind of like, and of course, it's the, it was the windy season in Flagstaff. So there's fires happening in California and there's um, just these insane winds that blow through Flagstaff in the, in the fall. So, and then, um, and then on top of that, there was a huge amount of discussion about nuclear weaponry and Korea. And it right. was a summer of really intense things taking place on the planetary stage. And the kids mm -hmm. saw all of that happening. Yeah. They're becoming aware of all this, you know, as they become adults. And so they, um, you know, then we talked about, you know, the world, we talked about, uh, the things that go on at the school. And um, so we kind of uh, taught, we, we identified that we should make this mural about sort of surviving the storm. And the way that you can survive the storm is to come together and, as a community and to respect each other and to um, harmonize. harmonize and, yeah. So we, so that's how the design ended up kind of um, coming together. And then we began the painting process. And of course, um, it was really windy and it was really hard to work on the wall and um, but the kids stuck with it and it was you know the kind of school where um, the attendance was terrible and so sometimes we would come to school at seven in the morning for school and only three of the kids would be there from the class so you know they well, worked with us in the beginning and then uh, the principal even said that uh, as as we as we built momentum with the art, more and more of these kids started showing up. And he said it never he'd never seen the kids stick with the school for the well thirty days or so. We worked on the mural. They were excited about coming to school. They got something out of it. They were interactive and and actually leaving a legacy, a story for the next kids that came through. It mm. meant a lot. Yeah, so it was kind of a neat process, you know, to see that you know, finally, some of the kids were finally finding something that they felt was worthwhile in school. <laughs> and I was painting the mural. And um, it helped that we had a puppy. So, you know, the puppy would come to school with us every day, too. And she would kind of, you know, <laughs> she would help entertain the kids, you know, and 
um, give them something to look forward to as well. So it was a, I think that's, yeah, the story of I, I Am The Storm. I think those, those kids, being at-risk kids, they felt left behind and abandoned. And you can feel that, you can sense that, and they needed to be engaged and not told not to do this and not do that, but this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it together. And that really gave everybody, everybody a sense of pride uh, that they did it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool because I could really pick that up from the mural, that there was this, this. Yeah. so uh, I really could pick that up from the mural and I, I just really wanted to ask about it because I could pick that up. So, and the name of it, I Am the Storm, you know, that's, that's quite a... Uh, name yeah it was you know about empowerment personal empowerment and and um coming you know in community really coming together something that you guys say is uh first and foremost we care about community we we use murals as a tool to bring people together as artists we want our talents to serve the greatest good to inspire beautify and empower one another to get involved in community Our murals are an expression of what holds us together, a celebration of our uniqueness, our differences, our heritage, and our vision for the future. Oh, (laughs) speak to that. Yeah. There are very important things you don't hear enough about in in the news, right? Yeah. I I think that's kind of what, like, you know, having a mission like that, it's like why you know, why we get up every day, you know, every wall that we get is a new canvas that we want to do our very best on. And so I think that it doesn't matter if it's a well-funded project, it could be something that we're basically doing for free. Um, We always do our personal best. And we hope that, you know, by offering that, that, you know, people will come and rise up with us, you know, and give us their best as well. It's, you know, the, I guess the vision is to empower people, you know, whatever they do, whether it's they paint with us or not, you know, when they, I think when people see that um, someone has put a huge amount of effort and energy and love into something that otherwise is just a blank wall or otherwise just a, a dirty alleyway, that it kind of changes the way they think about um everyone you know they realize that there are people who are in it who care you know and I think that's why murals are so impactful you know they're out in the public they're not hidden away they don't belong to anybody they belong to everyone that's true and uh you can also look at them like a battery uh we take all this energy and we're 100 kids or 300 kids or you know all these people working on the art and you just infuse this wall with energy and you give it everything you got and then you step away and other people come up to it on their best or worst day and they draw that energy back to themselves and it's endless you know it's like a teacher that's always awake it never sleeps it's always serving the community and um yeah like a battery uh when you're down on your your energy and such you can draw from it and get inspired Um, Yeah, the other thing we found that it even changes the way people behave. So some of the walls that we've done have been in places that people never went, or maybe they'd go there to drink or break stuff or whatever, Um, places that were kind of disrespected. There's quite a lot of spaces like that in our environment. We live in an environment that overall isn't really that remarkable. We have a lot of, you know, there's sort of, 
especially, you know, when we down here in Phoenix, where we are now, there's just so much space that's neglected. And so I think when we put that energy into the walls, then people are changed by it. You know, they, their behavior changes. Um, the mural that we did in Flagstaff on the Orpheum was in basically in the alleyway between two buildings. And um, suddenly there was no more garbage. There was no more tagging going on. There was no more um, sort of disrespect of that space by, you know, people were, you know, you know, leaving the garbage there, going to the bathroom. <laughs> so I think that it kind of changed how people, um, I guess, you know, I guess changed how people saw that space, you know? And so I think that the more, um, the more we change our environment for the better, the, I think maybe the better people will become. <laughs> so, and there's so much work to be done. There's so many blank walls. There's so many spaces in our environment that are just, um, you know, trashed really. <laughs> one, of, one of the things is uh, while we're painting these murals, um, there's a, we have a problem in this country uh, with homelessness and it's something me and Maggie feel very passionately about. Um, people that have real, very real problems living on the streets and don't have a place to go. Um, a lot of them will like go to the library where they can be at peace. They're allowed to be there. But then outside of the library, outside some places like parks, you're really told to move on unless you're buying something and you have some money and such. So when we build these murals, it, um, and on top of that, a lot of homeless people are harassed by police or some form or another. Something's always after them to move on or do something other than stand there be. So when we're painting a mural, we become a place where those homeless folk can go and the police don't mess with them and they can just be there. And then, uh, and on one of their better days, they can help, you know, not everybody's having a day. Not, they're not as functional, not everybody's functional the way everyone is, you know, everyone's different. And um, a lot of folks, they're just, you know, trying to get along and live. But it, well, we're able to provide them a safe haven while we paint these murals, and uh, and many times their ideas go into them too. So, well, it, it's really really awesome the ripples of good that you guys are creating with each mural that you're doing and each interaction with people in whichever community you guys are working in. Uh, I'm sure that you have inspired some of my listeners. And can you give some advice to my listeners that are interested in bringing bringing or increasing murals in their community? How can they go about that? Well, um, it's not as hard as you would think. It just takes uh, having a good idea and believing in yourself. Um, when I first proposed the idea of placing murals in Prescott, I didn't have any support. And in fact, when I ran around and told everybody that this is what I was going to do, they said, good luck. And, it, it, and then eventually, finally, someone said, I'll put $5 on that. And then the next guy said, do you need me to help you with a website? And then pretty soon, everybody was sort of jumping in. And so just believe in what you, what you see and uh, ask, you know, and share your idea and vision. You'll be surprised that there's other people that share the same vision. You're not alone. So that's, that'd be my first tip on it. And then after that, um, be respectful. Go and talk to your city officials, uh, your uh, 
somebody down in city hall would be able to help direct you to uh, somebody if you uh, needed to do something big, you need city money or something like that, just ask for it. Maybe you'll get it. Um, otherwise, uh, uh, nonprofits, in our case, we go to a lot of nonprofits and we have, they have, uh, they have interests, special interests and whatnot. They want to share these particular stories of these values or whatnot, how we can put a mural together that would help their mission. For instance, the um, Safe Routes to School program in Prescott was just getting started and they were just simply trying to get routes that kids could go to school safely. And they said, well, let's ask the mural mice if they'll paint a mural for us and uh, illustrate the issue. And so we did. And in, in the end, we did two, two murals for Safe Routes to School. So like I said, like, you'd be surprised. There's other people that are very interested in doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when I, you know, the kids are asking me how to um, go about painting murals. And um, oftentimes if you like, you know, especially for younger artists that are just kind of getting out there, um, you know, there's so many people that want a mural. They, everyone wants a mural. Funding is another issue, but if you can get some art up on a wall somewhere, then someone is going to ask you to do another one. So for younger artists that are just like wanting to break into the to the field, I always just say, well, go paint a, a mural somewhere, a small one, doesn't have to be very big. And then um, someone will ask you to do their wall, you know, and then you can say, well, I need a little bit of money for supplies. I need some money for my labor. So that's kind of helps to get things going. Um, the other part is to believe in yourself. You get, you, sometimes you can't take no for an answer. <laughs> and so, um, just, and that's with everything in life. Honestly, if you're passionate, yeah. just keep on pushing. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the common good. I mean, if it's bad art, then maybe it'll get better. <laughs> if, it's, <laughs> if it's good art, it might get worse. I think our first mural wasn't our, it's not, you know, we were just learning really how to paint. So um, yeah. come a long way, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is something I want to discuss was um, the, the, the necessity being the mother of creation. Um, it's so true. Um, sometimes we'd be going forward on raising money for a project and painting at the same time. And I'm jumping off the scaffold and going back and forth, doing business, going to the wall painting and um, all these problems that dropped that created so much stress deep down were solved. Like all the problems that seemed impenetrable when a solution was created, it wouldn't have been created without that problem coming up. So um, some of the most clever things that we were able to do really came because of people putting obstacles in our way. So you really, that's where believing in yourself and knowing that if you just are committed to what you're doing, you are going to get to the other side. And, you know, like uh, the theater troupe, solving the problem of having too many people at a wall um, was, uh, was great. It led to a whole nother element of what we were doing and built on us, built more on what we were doing. Um, endless, endless examples I could give, but, um, don't be afraid to experiment and fail. Right. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes, I love it. Uh, so one question I ask everyone on the show, and I would love both of you guys to answer, is what do you do every day that helps support the very best you? Well, um, I, you know, I'm always in pursuit of my, my greatest work, you know, my greatest art. So 
Um, every day I'm painting, I'm always trying to bring that out and finding that within myself. Um, I think that's, you know, that, that would be my answer is just um, to always to wake up every day with the plan of making the very best art I can, um, painting my best that day. That's a good answer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> well, um, there's a form, there's a sort of chemistry to everything and everything's connected. And uh, as you sit in silence and you observe things, you can see and know that there's vibrations in color, there's vibrations in sound, there's vibrations in all things cause and effect taking place around us. Um, and so that's an interesting formula for me. I'm not limited to painting. So right now I'm experimenting when I'm not painting, I'm experimenting with music and I'm learning to stay in tune with chords and notes and frequencies that I'm putting out that way. Um, knowing that if I find the right chemicals and I, the, the chemistry that goes together with that, then I'm going to be in harmony. Now, Maggie plays the fiddle and I play the guitar and it's always a matter of trying to find a place where you harmonize in our perfect synchronicity. Um, so what I do, I spend, try to spend my time when I'm not painting and perfecting that art by learning a new art. Harmonizing in synchronicity, that is just fabulous, fabulous stuff. This conversation has inspired me to go out there and do some public art myself. So thank you. <laughs> do it. Squeak. Squeak up. Squeak up for public art. Go yeah. to our website, realmice.com. Squeak <laughs> up. I love it. I love it. I'm Teresa Gabrielle, and you've been listening to The Good with Teresa G. You can follow The Good with Teresa G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.